Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, hello, hello. <clears throat> I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL podcast. I urge you strongly to check out the rest of the Locked On Network. Started with NBA, and we have every NBA team. We have every NFL team. Locked On Packers, Locked On Browns, you know, yada, yada. Go check them all out. And especially the Locked On NFL Draft guys. You know, they were both on the, the previous two Wednesdays. They are down at the Senior Bowl checking things out down there for us. So that is something to monitor and, and to check out. And please download them and get into that. I want to talk about a couple nuggets from around the league, and then I want to do a uh, to-do list for the Packers. And we'll probably, at some point, I'm going to do every team with you guys where if I was in charge of them, this is kind of how I would handle their offseason. We're going to start with the Packers today. Fresh on our mind, recently eliminated. Let's talk about Brownie news, though. The Browns, uh, they they reached a long-term, a four-year deal with Jamie Collins, $50 million dollars. Um, this all adds up, you know, that, um, they bought him basically for a late third round pick. That's going to be a comp pick and, you know, knowing that he's going to be a free agent after this year, that's basically a, or it's a reason why the Patriots let him go because they didn't think they would resign him. And, you know, that makes sense too. So, you know, you get him for, what was it? 10 games, give or take, something like that. You test drive them a little bit with all intentions of resigning them. There was no reason why they, I'm sure his play gave them no hesitation as to why they should not sign him. They have tons and tons of cap room, and I think they're going to be a tough sell for free agents to run to Cleveland right now unless they vastly overpay. So you might as well start keeping your own, and this makes a lot of sense. And then, you know, the piggyback move off of that is now they are expected to slap the franchise tag on prior, which, okay, you know, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with that. Is Terrell Pryor a franchise tag-worthy wide receiver right now? No. I mean, Des Bryant is, Odell Beckham, you know. But I, I think he is getting better. You know, he's a position switch guy. And... I don't think they want him to leave. I mean, is the is the key here. So you have all this cap space. You overpay him for a year as a franchise player, and you know that makes sense to me. I mean, I, I again, he's not worth franchise tag money for one year, but you get to evaluate him another season, see how long he you know see how well he progresses in his second year as a true wide receiver from day one. So you just don't want those two guys to leave. And you know, we've talked about this a little bit, that their their top priorities in terms of keeping their own in Cleveland had to be Collins and Pryor. Um, I said I'm not sure that either is worth a franchise tag designation, but they're close. And in this case, you have the money, so you might as well use it. You're, you know, to Keep the guys you have, build a little continuity, playmakers on both sides of the ball. So, I'm cool with it. I mean, I think that makes some sense. 
Um, some other news in the AFC North, and I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in this, but Ben Roethlisberger said he will take his time to consider all options this offseason, which some are taking as he's hinting at retirement. Um, I'm not saying if he's going to retire or not. I would be very, very shocked. He's 34 years old. I think he is coming off a down year. I'm sure he's got some injuries and ailments and would be happy to uh, sit on his couch with his kids for a while, and maybe that does sound really good to him. He's taken a beating over the years. But I don't think he's going to retire. But my point here, Landry Jones, his backup, is a free agent to be, and I can't see the Steelers breaking the bank to keep him. And he certainly, to me, is not the long-term answer. He's a backup in this league. So this might be the year that you use a second-day pick on a, on a quarterback, you know, with, with intentions of maybe this will be Ben's successor. And honestly, I'm not sure it would be the end of the world if you used that late, late first-round pick on a quarterback, too, if there's one that you love. I, I, to me, the, the Steelers need to start making those preparations. I think this is the year to do that. Um, there was another... Oh, there's other quarterback news I wanted to talk about, too. It's, it's Gil Brandt, who obviously knows this stuff, NFL.com. He said that he doesn't think that Jimmy Garoppolo will, will yield a first-round pick in return for the Patriots. I disagree. I, I really do. I, I, I mean, if I'm the Browns and you have the first pick and the 10th pick, I'm not giving you number one overall. I'm taking Miles Garrett, and, and that could change. But, I mean, I'm taking the, the best stud in the draft, and I'm offering you 10 for Garoppolo and a three. And if it gets down to it and the best I can do is number 10 overall for Jimmy G, I'm doing it. I, I think Garoppolo is a going to be a well-above-average starting quarterback in this league, a good player. If I'm the Patriots, I'm not giving him away for a whole lot less than that. I mean, maybe it would be the first pick in the second round if you're the Browns, for example. I mean, that's not a whole heck of a lot different than a first. Or the second pick in the second round if you're the Niners, for example. You know, so that's pretty close to a first. But And something else, you know, a third the next year, something along those lines. But if you're the Bears, even, I mean, I would... I need to learn more about this quarterback class, but... My hunch, and I very much feel this way right now, not you know with incomplete grades on the rookies to be, are I'll take Garoppolo over all those guys. So therefore, if you're considering using you know third, fourth, fifth, fifth pick on Trubisky or Watson or somebody like that, why wouldn't you trade it for Garoppolo, who all who has NFL tape, and you know I, I like better than those guys. So. Uh, I'm not saying Gil Brandt is wrong. He's got the, the ears of people in the league more than I do. But I, I think that the price for Garoppolo is about that 10th overall pick. And I would be willing to pay it um, in some way, shape, or form. You know, if I'm the Bears, maybe I offer, you know, my first for Jimmy and the Patriots late second or something. Something like that, you know. But to me, that's a going rate and he's worth it. The other thing that Brandt said today does not see a robust market for Tony Romo. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but I can't believe that Denver wouldn't kick the tires or Houston, maybe Kansas City. I mean, somebody that views themselves as a winner that has quarterback issues. Um, I don't trust Romo to stay healthy. 
I wouldn't give him a ton of money or a ton of draft capital in return for him, but I would have interest. You know, there's no doubt about that. All right, all right. I had mentioned that I was going to break down the Packers offseason. I did that for the score. Um, I urge you to check that out. I'll post it all over my Twitter timeline, at WilliamsonNFL. I'm planning, I still have talked to my editor, and I'm not sure exactly how this will happen and in what order and all those things, but I, I plan on doing 32 of these written up, and I definitely will do 32 of these with you guys where we will spend the majority of an episode on one team looking at the different angles, how to how to better yourself, how to handle the off season. Um, by the time we talk tomorrow, I'll be watching, I'm not in Mobile, unfortunately I'd love to be in Mobile, but I'm not. But I am going to watch the NFL Network coverage, and I'll do some reading up on senior, you know, senior bowl players. So I'm hoping to have some sort of senior bowl conversation with you tomorrow. Maybe get a guest working on that um, to be determined on that point. But if not, I will give you my initial observations on a handful of senior bowl prospects. Tell you more about the senior bowl experience that I've had in over the years too. Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. When Flow flows, she flows in the know. Mind ruminates the rates. Shown them all, I heed the call. Seeing the rest, I choose the best. Sometimes it's ours, sometimes it's not. When the fox walks, is it called a fox trot? That's a real question. Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. It's good stuff. Um, but anyways, back to the Packers. And basically the way I'm attacking each one of these teams is, okay, pick Team X. And so the first thing I'm going to look at is what guys are up for free agency? Um, you know, who, who are no longer – basically I don't count those guys as being on the roster anymore. You, you, they're not under contract. They're not yours anymore. If, you're, if your contract is up at this point and you're no longer playing – you are no longer a member of the Packers in my eyes. Uh, obviously, some players you could franchise and make sure that they don't go anywhere. And you could talk to these guys before they hit the market. You do have those advantages. And you're much more familiar with them than you know the, the players that are else also going to hit free agency. But then I'm also going to look at the current players that should or could be cut and save me cap money, that they're not worth what I have invested in them or what I'm going to pay them going forward. Um, I urge you to go check out Jason at overthecap.com. He's gone through every position, and he knows the cap a bazillion times better than I do, so I lean on him for that. Um, He's gone through every position and suggested guys that could potentially fit that bill, which is great. Um, Also at his site, you can tell where they're at for future caps, too. So there's a little tab. You hit salary cap. You go to 2017, and it'll tell you, it'll rank you them against the other teams in the league. And obviously those things will change with moves and, you know, extensions and things like that. Um, So what I did here is I had a section, prominent incoming, or prominent upcoming free agents in just an alphabetical list. And those names for Green Bay, and I'm not going to every player, but guys that have played snaps or a pretty good backup or a big-name guy. Don Barclay, who I think he's a liability, but he's a backup lineman that's played quite a few snaps over the years. And 
uh, linemen are at a premium, and we'll get to this in a minute. It's a little more important for Green Bay than others. Jared Cook, who is volatile, and Rams fans are like, why on earth would you pay him? But he is an instrumental part of this offense, and Rodgers very much leans on him. Uh, they do a lot of three-by-one sets with him as the one. Uh, going back to Jermichael Finley, they have needed, and this offense thrives with an athletic downfield stretch, you know, field stretching type tight end. Cook absolutely fit that bill. Um, could you give him big money and him go in the tank? Yeah, I mean, so he's sort of a, a volatile, high risk option here, but you know, certainly he's a name. Micah Hyde. Played a lot of snaps for these guys. There's a safety corner, versatile, 2017-style defensive back that does a lot for you. I would think you don't want to lose him, especially considering the status of the secondary and the cornerback position, and more specifically. Dayton Jones, a former first-round pick, who maybe he's never quite lived up to that, but he's gotten better and better. He's had some position switches through the years. You know, when he came in the league, I kind of thought he was a 3-4 end. Now he's lost some weight, and he's more of a stand-up guy. Um, interesting player, and maybe he is sort of coming into his own. Part of me thinks that the ideal spot for him would go to be a 4-3 team and be a base end and maybe put another 10 pounds back on. Not, you know, but so all these guys, I mean, to, to sum it up, before we get to all these names, Packers have a pretty scary list of potential guys that could leave contract-wise, you know, free agency-wise. Eddie Lacy's next. You probably have enough knowledge of him. Um, maybe his, you know, in terms of giving him a contract, maybe this is a buy-low time for him, maybe. And, and we'll get to how we'll handle these things in a little bit. TJ Lang, really good starting guard. Just messed up his knee badly, apparently, though, in this last game, the loss to Atlanta. What does that mean for him long-term? Would he be ready for the start of next year? You know, these late-season injuries are a little frightening. Christine Michael, I mean, he's not a high-priced guy. He's bounced around the league, but he's a name at a position that we'll get to that's going to be important for these guys. Julius Peppers, also a free agent. Obviously, at advanced age, but still effective. Probably a Hall of Famer. How much do you invest in somebody like him? Nick Perry, another outside linebacker, edge rusher, that played the last few games with a club on his hand, but I thought he had a really good year. Former first-round pick. He's starting to come into his own. And another offensive lineman I really like here is J.C. Treader, is a center guard that if I'm the Rams or somebody like that that's looking to rebuild an O-line, I'd be all over this guy. So... Quite the list, really, of upcoming free agents to be for the Packers. So, in that article, I just kind of list prominent upcoming free agents. That was an alphabetical list. Some big names, and that's going to be hard to retain them. So, and then I did a section of free agents and draft capital. And I'm either going to do weak, average, or strong. And I consider the Packers weak. And what that means is their ability to sign their own, go out and sign others. And because they had a good year and they are going to draft very late in each round, their draft capital isn't especially strong either. You know, they don't have an extra first round pick. So I, in terms of their cap space, they're about middle of the road, according to Jason. Um, and, you know, maybe a little bit, 
worse off than that, but their draft capital is not strong. And then they have three guys that they should strongly consider moving on from that are not free agents. It sounds like Sam Shields is basically a done deal. You know, he played very, very little this year. Concussion, um, expensive, obviously, is a key here. James Starks is another one. Uh, they signed him to, you know, reasonable money for a backup running back. And they could save, I think, $3 million or so against the cap by moving on from him. The difficult decision, though, is Clay Matthews. I thought Matthews was a shell of what he's been. And obviously they know a bazillion times better than I do. Was he fighting nagging injuries or not? And if he was just battling injuries and you're convinced as a team and your doctor and his position coach that he gutted it out for you this year and that he'll be back to the player he was before, then you keep him at his cost. And But if you thought, man... This could be the beginning of the end that, you know, that this is the first sign of an explosive once great player coming back to earth or getting old. Then you move on from him. So I would imagine he'll add, you know, he'll probably end up at the Patriots if he could cut. But anyways, um, that'll tell us, you know, if the Packers do keep him, they will be using that same thought process I just did, you know, is... um. If, if he doesn't get released, or maybe you restructure him or something along those lines. But that's a big decision coming up. All right. So those are the names we know. Now, let's talk about the positions. Quarterbacks, nothing gonna, nothing's going to change there, or nothing major. I mean, I'm talking about using draft picks in the top three or four picks, retaining your own free agents, and or adding somebody else. We know the Packers generally don't do that. Um, at the running back spot... You kind of have a find there in Montgomery. But as it stands now, assuming you release Starks, Lacey's a free agent, Michael's a free agent, you don't have anything else. All you have is Ty Montgomery, who's maybe more of a receiver. (laughs) You know, I mean, so clearly that's a need. I would discuss bringing back Lacey because I I would be more in the market for a big guy. You know, I want a chain mover. Um, ball control, bad weather running back, and maybe that's still Lacey. Again, they know better than I do. Um, Starks, to me, is not that guy. Maybe late in the process, you bring him back if he's still floating around. But if, if it's not Lacey, I think you need to use an early pick on a running back in a running back strong draft to get a heavy chain mover type. At tight end, I think you got to bring back Cook. You know, Richard Rodgers isn't going to cut it. He's a backup. We talked about the value of Cook in this offense. This also is an exceptional tight end draft class. And that's great. But if you're the Packers, I can't wait two years while I develop a a tight end. You know, tight ends rarely come in the league and do a lot for you. I mean, I need a tight end that can be a difference maker in 2017. And to me, it's kind of Cook or bust. So... As long as you feel confident that this guy is not going to be a goof once you give him money, then I think you bring him back. And still maybe used a third-round pick on a tight end in a rich draft or fourth-round pick, mid-round pick. I mean, I don't think that would be crazy talk. Receiver is odd to me. I mean, there's nobody that's going to be on the way out. There was some talk that Nelson could be a, a cap casualty, too. I don't think that's going to be the case. I didn't bring him up in that light. Um 
But it'd be nice to add another guy here. Like, collectively, the group of Cobb, Nelson, Adams, Allison, Janice, whatever, Trevor Davis, they're good, but they're not young, especially Nelson. I don't see a burner in that group. I think I would be very open to the idea of using a third-round pick on a guy that runs a 4-4 flat. You know, I mean, a speed player with some upside. But you can get by with this group for sure for now. The line is tricky. You know, you got Lindsley at center. You got Bakhtiari at left tackle. You got Balaga at right tackle. Those guys are fixtures. But really, your top three guards, you know, Lane Taylor's a starting left guard, and I guess you can look at him that way. It would be nice to improve upon him, but if he's your worst guy, okay. You drafted Spriggs in the second round last year, who's, to me, he's a tackle, but he's been forced into guard. You probably could get away with the fivesome of Bakhtiari, Taylor, Lindsley, Spriggs, Balaga from left to right. But but I'd be a lot happier if you kept TJ Lang and just plugged him at right guard. Use Spriggs as your extra guy slash maybe a future tackle. Who knows? Um, you would have little depth without that. I don't know how you keep Treader. Uh, he would be great I mean, as a center guard type, but I think he's going to hit the market. And then maybe you bring Barclay back at a reasonable price. But, you know, it's easy for me and you to sit here and say, well, yeah, you re-sign Cook and you re-sign Lacey. And, you know, well, they don't have a ton of cap space, you know. So not all these guys are going to be back. I mean, they have, like I said, there's a pretty extensive list for the Packers of um, guys that are whose contracts are up. So the offense could take some hits. I mean, the line worries me a little bit, you know, the, the guard positions. The big guys on defense don't look like they'll be changing. You know, it looks like you got Guy on, you got Daniels, you got Kenny Clark. You know, you, you look pretty good shape there all in all. I think the same thing is true at the inside linebacker spots. Um, although, you know, Jake Ryan, Blake Martinez, Joe Thomas, these guys, I mean, it's a young group. Maybe they get better, Ryan and Martinez in particular. But in an ideal world... You'd love to go into the draft saying, boy, I'd love to upgrade at inside linebacker, to add a difference maker at inside linebacker. I don't think any of these guys are. I don't think they're going to have that luxury with all these other needs that are arising. Uh, I would say that they're safe at safety, and and that's actually a strength. Burnett, Clinton Dix, I think both those guys are high-quality players. That's a real strong pairing of safeties. I would still like to bring Hyde back as my do-it-all guy from the secondary too but wow i mean the edge pass rush cornerback situation is frightening you know in that you're going to release shields you have ladarius gunther who poor guy was up matched up against number one receivers all this year best of luck with that and then from there you have the the two rookies which is okay, you know, I mean, not two rookies, but the two youngsters and Randall um, and Rollins, and you have to have high hopes for them still. So you're not moving on from Randall or Rollins, and they, they showed more promises, rookies, and there were injuries involved. But with the weakness they had at corner, you can't go into next year and just say, I got Randall, Rollins, and Gunter kind of have hide and I have good safeties. I mean, no. I mean, we saw what happened... You know, we saw how that worked for the last two months. I mean, they need to add somebody. And 
to me, if you're going to go out and spend money on someone in free agency that's not, you know, from your team, this is a position to do it. You know, will the Packers do that? Probably not. But if they don't, I still think this is probably, at a minimum, your second-round pick, probably, you know, quite possibly a first-round pick. Um, this can't be ignored. We saw what happened. If you're going to try to keep up with teams like Atlanta, you got to be better at corner. But, you know, the best way to help your corners is to rush the passer. Well, what do they have at, at the edge pass rush now? I mean, I just mentioned Peppers, Perry, maybe, you know, Clay Matthews. Um, What's-his-face? Dayton Jones. All these guys are up. Uh, so, I think Perry's somebody you have to go out of your way to try to keep as well. And use a high pick here that, you know, depending how Clay Matthews shakes out. So, in the end, I kind of look at the Packers and think all these things are going to be hard to get done. That it wouldn't shock me that their roster is a step back from where it is now, you know, and and the ability to address needs and keep your own is not going to be easy for them. Um, of course, they have Aaron Rodgers, and we'll probably also pick him to win the AFC, you know, NFC North, and he's a superstar, and he makes problems go away. But this ro- this is be a very interesting offseason for the Packers. Napa it takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17 